Welcome, friends, to Foresters. Friends, family, friends, family, distinguished others, colleagues, and strangers. Welcome to the podcast. I'm going to begin with an apology that it's been many moons since we've last met. It's been probably three to four weeks. That's my fault. Work has started for the first time since March the 12th for me. And let me just tell you, we're staying afloat, but we're having to swim. We're doggy paddling. It's Things are going great. Really, they are, all things considered. Um, teaching school has been fine, and things have gone really, really well. Our, our principals have worked hard. The whole staff's worked hard. The students are doing what they're supposed to. And we've rocked and rolled through the last four weeks. Students have only been there for one of them. We've been back as of four weeks ago um, as a staff. Yeah, things are going good, but the podcasting has took a hit. Um, but we're back regardless. So, hey, we're just going to dive right into it. Uh, your verse of the episode. Verse is four verses. I have just finished reading through Acts for the first time straight through as a whole. And this is going to be the one segment that stuck out to me the most in Acts. Uh, so Acts 21 verses 11 through 14. This is Paul. He's on his way to Jerusalem and everybody's trying to keep him from going because they know there's there's plans and plots to kill him once he gets there. And Paul can't figure out how to make everybody get over the fact that he knows they're going to try to kill him and that he's totally okay with that because he knows that that's God's will. So this, I just think I I read a lot of humor into this as I typically do. Uh, But here's what it says, starting in 11, going through verse 14, uh, chapter 21 of Acts. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it and said, the Holy Spirit says in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and we'll hand him over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when he would not be dissuaded, he gave up and said, The Lord's will be done. So I can just see, because this happened multiple times in Acts, where everybody's saying, Hey, don't go to Jerusalem. They're going to put you in prison. They're going to try to kill you. And he's like, Guys, I know. I've been in cahoots with God. I know what's going to happen. You've just got to be okay with that and let it happen. I'm totally fine. I'm ready. I can handle it. But they just don't get it. Uh, Just like we don't get God's will a lot of times. So I just think that's very interesting. That's Luke writing that. Uh, So first of the day, there you have it. Uh, All right. So a lot's been going on in the last three to four weeks as far as the outdoor world is concerned, but not as much as we have had going on since March, just with, with school and work firing back up. Um, but I will start the furthest back and work my way to today because we've been doing, a, we've done a lot just today. It's October the 30th right now. Uh, it is Sunday night at 9.14 p.m. We just cracked a bang because we got a lot of stuff we got to do before we go to work tomorrow because the work week is very unproductive for things other than work, uh, as I learned last week. So we need to make use of the time we've got, and we're going to make more time by staying up tonight. But anyways, Chickamauga. Our last regular season BFL is coming up on Chickamauga September, I don't know, it's the 12th, 11th and 12th, 12th and 13th. I don't know, whatever the second weekend in September is. It's a super tournament. It's two days. Um, top, it's either the top 10 or the top 10%. I want to say it's top 10%. Uh, 
after the first day, get to make the cut and fish the second day. And Chickamauga's been fun. I admittedly, I do not go down to Chickamauga very often. Uh, normally, I don't make it past Aladdin and Watts Bar before I get there, but I really don't go down there this time of year, August, September, uh, kind of that late summer grass spot gets going. I, I've never been down there for that. So I've been trying to go. I've made two trips down. Uh, my first trip was great. Uh, and my second trip was terrible, which sounds about right. It was, oh, probably two or three weeks ago. It's first week. I want to say it's the first weekend in August and the second weekend of August. I went maybe the second and third. I, I honestly can't remember. I'm not going to look back and do the math. Uh, but the first week, First, first trip I made, caught a real big one on a swim bait for me. Six and a half pound on a swim bait. Um, had a couple threes on a swim jig. Caught a three on a frog. Lost. Okay. People are going to say that they lost a big one. Let me tell you. This is the truth when I say I lost an absolute whale of a fish on a frog. I, saw, I mean, I can still I can see it. It's on, the, it's on my Instagram in a frog fishing video. It's on one of the YouTube videos. Uh, where this fish comes up and just sharks it. And you, all you see is the mouth and the head come out of the water. And, it, and then like as I'm reeling down to him, it's almost like he blew up on it again. It was really weird. Uh, and I swing and the 50-pound braid just snaps. I'd thrown, the, I'd thrown that frog, rigged it up, tied it, threw it a couple days before at Fort Loudon. Never hung it up, never freighted it up that I know of. Caught one fish on it and thought, oh, it's totally fine. It's not, it's going to be good. I don't need to retie it. It's a 50 pound braid. Well, I should have retied it. Uh, I snapped him off on the hook set. But anyway, had the potential to have a really big, I still had a good bag. Caught a couple flipping, punching, uh, which is totally new, to, not totally new to me, but as far as doing it well and knowing what I'm doing with it, it's, that's a big learning curve too. But Chickamauga should be fun. Uh, so I've got two weekends. I've got one weekend before that tournament. This coming weekend is, uh, Labor Day's on Monday. We get Monday off. And so I'm going to go down. Dana and I have a wedding in Murfreesboro on Saturday, the 5th. I'll come back the 6th, head down to Chickamauga that afternoon, maybe mess around a little bit down there. Um, Sunday, uh, Caleb doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to call up my buddy Caleb Lazatter and hopefully we can get together on Sunday and Monday and then stay and fish all day Monday. Got a four-day week and then tournament starts on Saturday. Or Friday. Does this? One, I don't know when this one starts. I think it starts on Saturday. I'm yes, it does. I know it does. So yeah, that'll be fun. Curtis Crook, who I fished with before Nor before Norris, he was my co-angler last year on Watts Bar. We've become what I would consider to be really good friends and, and fish together when we can before these BFLs. We're gonna go down there and try to wear it out Monday. It'll be the only time all these first two trips I've taken are so far before and so much changing that it's really just me learning how to get around down there and. and just learning to fish that grass stuff um, this time of year. Most of my big, most of my big fish, most of my numbers and big fish have come off the main river up above Dayton. But I mean, it's all just—it all looks the same. No, it doesn't all look the same. But man, it can—it can be daunting to go down there and try to figure that out when you haven't done it. But we've gotten lucky a little bit, and hopefully, we can figure out enough pieces of the puzzle down there this upcoming weekend to to make something happen come tournament day. I feel like I've been so geared towards deer season that I've got to totally shift. And it's because this was, this was the velvet hunt weekend. Um, the weekend that I'm in right now, uh, this last weekend of August was a velvet hunt in Tennessee. So a lot of states don't have it. I don't believe, 
Um, but Tennessee does a three-day Friday, Saturday, Sunday velvet hunt at the end of August. Um, you can kill one buck in velvet. That's the whole point. And it's only on private land. I don't think you can do it on any of the WMAs, but it's really, really fun. And it's nice just to get out. It's a month before the regular season starts. And just to be in a tree was awesome. That's what we just finished. And I'll, I'll go ahead and jump to that. But um, yeah, so my, my uncle and I, who, who's the main person that I hunt with at our deer lease in, in DeKalb County, which is in the middle part of the state, we got down there Friday. He got down Friday afternoon, and it those a lot of that rain from Hurricane Laura that made it up here came through. And we got rained on Friday night. We got rained on Sunday night or Saturday night, and we got rained on this morning. And it was a wet, muddy mess at our campsite and because it poured. It absolutely poured on Friday night. We woke up in the rain, had to wait for the rain. Well, we decided to wait until the rain stopped before we headed out. And Saturday night, it, it was feeling good. I'd seen some deer. I saw four does on my way in Saturday morning. Of course, it was still kind of sprinkling rain there. I didn't have, didn't fool with trying to get the camera out because I'm not going to ruin it on my first hunt. I keep telling myself. See four does going in, um, jumped another deer as I was, or got blown out by another deer as I was climbing up the stand. I don't know if it was one of those four does or not. It, it very easily could have been. Uh, and, and jumped a big buck. Not okay. That's that's totally untrue. I jumped what I'm ninety percent sure was a buck with where he was bedded and and what he sounded like when he left. It's a total guess. It could have been a fawn. It wasn't. It was not a fawn. But jumped that was bedded down, probably twenty or thirty yards from from the stand. I ended up sitting in Sunday night. And Sunday night was going to be great. The weather was nice. The wind was perfect. The deer were moving, and we had about two hours left before dark. And I look up. And there's a line of just black wall clouds coming in. And as soon, it was it was actually laughable. As soon as I look up and see that black line of clouds, that wind switched from northwest to, or no, I'm sorry, it switched from blowing to the southeast, from blowing to the northwest. It totally flipped. And it blew this thunderstorm in. And it started to rain about the time I put my camera in my pack and lowered my bow down to the bottom of the tree. And by the time I got to the bottom of the tree, it was pouring and I ran about, oh, two or 300 yards back to the truck, back to where we were camping at on the main road. This was out in what we call the big field and I got drenched. I got absolutely soaked, uh, hunted in wet pants, wet socks and a t-shirt that was in the trunk of my car this morning because my shirt was so wet. It was disgusting to try to put that back on. But yeah, that was the gist of it. The, the velvet weekend, um, this is just just bad weather where we ended where we hunt at it. Just luck of the draw, it just didn't work out good for us. But uh, did get hunt this morning. Saw an armadillo. Never seen an armadillo in person at our lease before. I've seen them at uh, my friend's property in in Rutherford County. Seen them there, and I've gotten one or two. I think I've gotten some on trail camera before the old armadillo, but I've never seen one. And sure enough, I thought it was a possum running by my stand right at first light. I thought it was a possum. I've got these new adult arrows, which the next podcast. Uh, I'm planning on, or, or one in the future is going to be all about me building this adult arrows, the ranch fairy way. I'm, I'll show it to you and, and talk about all the components to it. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to get to shoot something with those freaking things. It's a 250 spine arrow with a 225 dad gum chisel of an arrowhead on the front of it. A hundred grain inserts. I've got the whole, I mean, I, it's, oh, it's pretty 
pretty. It's down to science. They're shooting like that gum laser darts. But anyways, and they were doing that bear shaft too. Anyways, um, so there I am sitting in the rain for the third sit in a row. And I just start Googling, can you bow hunt armadillos? Turns out armadillos carry leprosy. So you're not supposed to touch them. And they're going to destroy your arrow if you shoot them. So I'd fight. If you can't do anything with them, and they're going to ruin your arrow, why shoot an armadillo when it's the first one you've ever seen? So I watched a little armadillo run around. And then when it rained for about an hour straight, I said, I'm out. Packed up, headed back, broke down camp. And then I had one camera. I thought, well, I had to go stick a card in a camera that I'd pulled on my way in Saturday morning. Uh, go and put that card back in, drive past a stretch of a field, check another camera that's at not too far away. I check on the corn in my food plot, and as I turn around, here comes a buck. Just hops right out of the big field. Right, I mean, I'm not kidding. He was running for a beeline to that stand location I was at Saturday morning. Because there's there are bucks in there all the time. All the time. That's where I bet 70% of our big buck pictures come from that area. Because I know there's really, really good buck bedding. Depending on which way the wind blows, there's some on our property. And then if it switches, they've got really, really good bedding on the neighbor's property, which is how Hitch, one of my hit listers, got killed last year. He he was lit, he was in both areas, and they shot him the opening day of muzzleloader. Anyways, uh, but the big deer this year, I'll I'll show you pictures of them at some point. They're already on the Instagram. If you go to the Fences Force Instagram page, or even on my personal Instagram page, Sam Karras, I've got. Uh, some pictures of our, our my personal two hit listers, the two big ones. We've got so many goofy deer. Tilt is our biggest deer this year that I know of that we've got on camera. There's always some that show up. Ah, that's much needed. And Tilt's the biggest one. He's a big mainframe eight. He's got a kicker off his back left side. It's cool. It looks like a looks like a little uh, turkey claw. I don't know what do you call him. Spur. It look, ooh, I should call him Spur. I just decided to call him Tilt. And I've been trying to think for a week what you call the claws on turkeys, and I know they're not claws. I'm not, obviously, a very seasoned turkey hunter. But anyways, I might call him Spur. I know I am, because it looks just like it. Anyways, all right, his new name is Spur. I've just decided. He runs around with three bucks that are goofy as heck. He's got one, the, the left side's normal, the right side, uh, it's not normal, but it's more normal than the right side. The right side is two probably at least foot-long beams that just go, <laughs> makes a big tall Y, and it's got an extra brow tine that's sticking out of the bottom of both bases. Really, really weird looking. He's goofy. He's got another one where the left side is practically a club, and the right side is completely normal. And he's got another one where... This is the buck that I'm calling Screwball because this was the first goofy one I've seen. Now I've realized there's three or four goofy ones who just had, I can't even describe it. The horn's just, I think it's six pointer, but if you count all the weird little things sticking out of his base, he's probably like a 37 pointer because they're all over the place. They just kind of come up and make all these really awkward turns and it's it's weird. So we, we're trying to clean the gene pool here. Uh, I, I, and I honestly had about talked myself into if, if that group of bucks came through that I was going to shoot one of the goofy ones over the big nine-pointer just because, I mean, I may not have. I Actually, I know I probably would not have. Um, 
but I'd like to think that I, I might have done. I'd honestly, I'd probably shot whichever one gave me a shot first. Uh, before I forget, I'm gonna pause and make reference to this new sticker on my laptop. It says Bigfoot doesn't believe in you either. That was in a Christmas stocking about five years ago. I finally found a use for it. Okay, um, I digress. So the velvet hunt. Yeah, on the way out, I jumped a buck. I couldn't tell. Uh, he's 100 yards from me or so, maybe 80. I couldn't tell which, if any of those bucks he was. He's the only one I saw. I just hopped across, hopped out of the jumps, out of the tall grass. In the big field where we don't have a food plot or we don't have trails cut, it's, it's as tall as I am. I mean, it grows up all year long. And, and those deer, it doesn't matter if it's the middle of the day. Well, it was the middle of the day today. Uh, of course, you had rain coming in and out. But I've seen them out there when it's 90 degrees, and they're just cutting through the middle of the big field. They go through this. I mean, they're in there all the time. It's where I jumped that bedded deer yesterday. But anyways, Spur, not Tilt, Spur, I like that better. He's one of the two big ones, and then there's another one I've only gotten on camera twice. Um, that is obviously real sporadic. He was running around with a decent looking eight pointer. It was probably a two and a half year old, um, but I'm calling him T bone. Cause he's got a brow tine, his right brow tine, left one's normal. Right one looks like it's about as big around as a banana and it sticks up. I mean, it might be 10 inches tall. It's a huge right brow tine. And he had, he had a really heavy mass. Spur is, does not have big mass. He's probably, he's, I'm sure he's just a three year old, three and a half, um, but this other one, T-Bone, he had, he had really heavy horns and he had a great big right brow time, but I've not seen him much at all. Uh, so I'm anxious to get more pictures of him. I'm hoping the next month before season starts, before we kind of switch where some of our trail cams are focused, we'll, we'll end up getting at least a couple of pictures of him. Okay, uh, let's see. Chickamauga, BFL's coming up. Oh, and then, ah, yes. You'll likely hear Mosley in the background. We're at Dana's today. I brought Mosley over since it was going to be a late night. And just to get her accustomed, this is where when Dana and I get married, we'll live. And uh, she does not like coming up the stairs to the attic. She's afraid of the stairs. She's afraid of everything. She's afraid of the stairs, too. So she is, honestly, this is 20 minutes in. I'm surprised that that's the first time she's barked. Proud of you, Mose. You're doing good. That'll probably get her going. Okay. So we came back from the velvet hunt, the whitetail wagon, my little gold Ford Focus, did phenomenal. Wet, slick, muddy clay roads. You hit it with enough momentum, it did just fine. Made it out, didn't have to get towed. Honestly, I was surprised. I doubted it a little bit today. It's got everything it needs going for it, except ground clearance, but we were okay. We skid a little bit, but not too bad. Uh, let's see, oh, and so we put up some more trail cameras today. Finch to Forest has our, we have our very first partner. So we have gotten the chance to link up with Meyer Trail Cameras, M-E-Y-E-R, and we're excited to start running those cameras this year. Uh, have got three of them that we put out today in some areas that we've been, the areas where we're probably going to get a lot of buck pictures, I think. Uh, areas we haven't put them in the past are not our core areas, but where we're really wanting to go and explore a little bit more, get a little bit closer to some of, that, some of those bedding areas and uh and just didn't have trail cameras to do it with, well, they're going to make it able for us to do that, and we're excited as heck about it. Uh, so I, I'll plug their Instagram and, and all their social media stuff right at the end, but it's Meyer Trail Cameras, M-E-Y-E-R. Uh, it's awesome. Everything that I've seen and heard from about them is great, so I, I'm, I'm excited to get the chance to, to run those the rest of the year. Okay, so um, get home today, and after being wet 
and soppy. Thank goodness it wasn't cold or we'd have really been miserable. I went ahead and knocked out a project that I've been wanting to do for weeks, months, you could say. Um, this is going to go up on our YouTube channel tomorrow, but I put, I built a little bed frame, not a little bed frame. I built a bed frame in the back of um, the F-250, the 7.3 diesel, so that for whether it's fishing tournaments, whether I'm sleeping at the ramp, even if I get a spot at a campsite, um, or if I'm just going to the deer lease and, and want to make sure that I'm, I'm going to be covered and not get wet and stay warm and dry, especially when it gets cold in November and December. It's going to be freaking awesome. It was so easy. Well, okay. The idea was very easy. The execution was poor at best. But really, in the grand scheme of things, this was not very hard. Um, and so I'll have pictures on Instagram uh, by the time this gets posted. By the time you're listening to this podcast, it's probably been put on Instagram. Uh, but I'll, I'll post on, on probably both social medias where you can see just the layout of it. All it is is I've got two by fours that are running six feet long on top excuse me excuse me again i've got four by four legs that are nine inches just to clear the wheel well on the left side and then i put another two by four running underneath it it's not a frame that is connected to each other it's just two six foot stretches one running down the left side one running down the right side and then i took a six foot four inch because that's to the quarter of an inch as long as it could fit in the bed Six foot, four inch piece of plywood. It's four inches wide. It's a thick plywood. It's probably an inch thick. And then laid it on top of those two frames and then just hammered it down. I say hammer because I bought screws, three inch screws, and they were either breaking halfway in. It's just cheap, chunky screws, I guess. Um, or the drill. I don't know if it's the drills fall or the screw fall, but I got aggravated and went and got a hammer and nails the good old fashioned way. But you just set that plywood on top of those two stretches of frame and nail it down and it's great. It's got, in the area that's underneath it, it's probably, well, actually, I can do the math and tell you exactly how tall it is. It would be one and three quarters plus one and three quarters. I'm not very good at math. That would be three and a half plus nine. This is a foot and a half tall. Underneath there, I'm going to lay another sheet of plywood that it runs the six foot four length and is as wide as that frame will let it be. Put a handle on the front, and so when the tailgate's down, you can slide it all the way out put a couple of legs under the end of it. Then you got a table, which is really nifty. That idea, I got that idea from Greg from G2 Outdoors. They posted a video on YouTube. When I was seeing what some different frame ideas were, I was obviously going for simplicity. And their title was Truck Bed Frame, Easiest on YouTube. And I said, that's the one for me. And so you can go and watch well, after you watch my video, actually watch their video first so you know what it's supposed to look like and then watch my video and you can laugh at me getting frustrated and it not working right. So anyways, got that in today. I've still got to put the plywood underneath it um, and there may be a couple of things I change about it, but overall, I, it looks great and I'm excited. I may take that bottom two by four off of each side just to drop it down a little bit lower, give myself a little more head clearance because I'm tall. I'm 6'5". I'm so tall guys out there, I can relate to the struggles of trying to sleep in the back of the truck but anyways I, i'll have to figure out what my bedding is going to be put it in there and if i'm feel like i'm this close if i feel like i'm six inches from the ceiling when i'm laying flat then i'll just take those bottom two by fours off um you know just modify it some try to get it a little bit shorter but we'll see so that 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 was nice to get that knocked out um maybe using it as soon as this weekend going down to chick who knows 
But being, yeah, after being wet this weekend, because it doesn't matter how good of a tent you have. And I do not have a good one. I bought a $40 Ozark Trail tent from Walmart two or three years ago. But it did surprisingly well. The fact when the water got in, it was probably my fault. I probably tracked it in there. But I remember I rolled over at one point in the middle of the night and put my foot off the air mattress and stuck it in a puddle of cold water. And I was like, oh. So try to avoid that happening. I was like, I'll get home. I'm building that stinking bed in the back of the truck, that frame. Okay. Well, I mentioned Meyer. I mentioned the Velvet Hunt. I mentioned Chickamauga. I mentioned school starting back. Doobie, if, you, if you've got people, if you've got, um, if you got people that you know that are teachers or you have kids that are going to school, just be thinking and praying about them. Not because this is some impossible, I'm not trying to make it seem like this is some crazy impossible task that we have, but this is a lot of what's going on with the virtual learning and uh, COVID and having to uh, trace all this, just everything that's going on. It, it's just stress. It's just new for a lot of people. Um, and I feel blessed and fortunate that it, it's, it's been pretty smooth for me so far, a fairly smooth transition, but, um, yeah. So just be thinking about them, keep them in your thoughts and prayers that everybody can have a, a good school year, mainly just that it can be effective. Uh, just that with all the new types of learning, doing it virtually, some in person and some that are mixed, just that kids are able to learn. We're able to do our jobs efficiently to where, you know, nothing takes away from, from the experience or at least as little from the experience as possible. And as far as actual, you know, learn what you need to learn and know what you need to know that we're still able to get that across in, in an effective way. Cause I think that's the, that's the biggest goal that everybody has is, as we go through all this different stuff. So, so I said, I plug Meyer there. If you want to go and check out their website, they've got three, they do have a cell cam option for those of you that are big into cell cams. Uh, I'm just too cheap for cell cams. Most of the time I'll, I would rather have, I'd rather have five, less expensive trail cameras that I would have to go check myself than one cell cam. And cause I, I just like to put them everywhere. I've got three that I've put out this year that I'm not even going to check until December. I've decided one of them's cause I don't really remember where it is and it's going to take me a while walking around to remember it. But myertrailcameras.com, you can go and, and check out what their three main products are. The ones that I've got, I've got the, the HL twos. Okay. Uh, they've got an X nine and an X vision. The X visions, the cell cam option, but, and they've got some freaking killer looking shirts and hats if you're an apparel guy. I know some people that are just all about cool looking shirts and hats, especially all of us outdoor people. We like to, you like to hashtag rip the brand. So got cool stuff for that too. But all right, that's going to, I believe, wrap us up here. And yeah, I appreciate you watching. Oh, I did want to mention, we've got a new country that popped up on my listener page. We've got Brazil joining Ireland and Germany as far as our outside of the U.S. goes. So welcome, Brazil. Woo! I think that's so cool. I, they probably clicked on it by accident. If you didn't, then God bless you. If you did, God bless you anyways. But that's so cool to me. And Ireland is freaking 2%. Ireland is 2%. They're not even the little less than 1% is from Ireland. They got a whole two. So somebody's listening consistently in Ireland, and I thank you. I'm going to keep shouting you out every episode, too. So next episode will either be live on location from probably a parking lot at Lake Chickamauga somewhere, or it's going to be all about building what is my best and most perfect so far arrow, the adult arrow ranch fairy style. But until then, 
I thank you for listening. I hope you have a phenomenal week, a phenomenal day. If you're listening to this, follow the advice that I put on my board for my kids every morning. The quote, it's a great day to have a great day. Live by that. It helps make it possible. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thank you.